Hello and welcome to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. My name is Nathan Foster and each week I get the distinct privilege of interviewing people I know, respect, and get to learn from. My guest this week is Steve Makia. Steve is the founder and president of the organization Leadership Transformations. They have branches all over the country, but uh, headed up in Boston, Massachusetts. Steve's the author of a number of books. His most recent book is called Broken and Whole, A Leader's Path to Spiritual Transformation. And in our interview time together, I get to ask Steve some questions about his book and how God is able to use our brokenness um, and create wholeness and beauty that comes from that, and particularly its relevance for leaders in our day and age. As always, thank you for listening and enjoy. Steve, how are you? I'm great, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing all right. We're watching summer come to an end and uh, life changes. Life does change. Every time Labor Day hits, it feels like we're entering in the new season of reality all over again. <laughs> yes, with, with new challenges and, and new blessings, huh? <laughs> exactly. New challenges and blessings. I like that. Hey, you, you wrote this, this very helpful book, uh, Broken and Whole, A Leader's Path to Spiritual Transformation. I wondered if you might tell us a, a little bit about the book. Yeah, the book came out of uh, my work with leaders and really my own life as well, uh, recognizing that there's so many priorities of leadership these days that keep us on the outer circle of involvement mm -hmm. and keep us away from that inner space of soul care. Mm -hmm. And I really do believe that the soul is the most neglected part of the person, mm -hmm. and the longer we neglect it, um, the more net negative uh, occurs in our own personal journey as well as our leadership. So what I was trying to do with the book is to look at a big example, which uh, I look at the church in Corinth as a big example mm -hmm. of a church that was missing the mark continually, um, all sorts of issues, all sorts of challenges. The Apostle Paul speaks directly to each and every one of them. But he calls them to a, a, a higher plane, if you will, a higher way of living, a mm. more significant way. And it, it really, it may be higher and more significant, but it really takes or, takes them to a deeper place. And it's, mm -hmm. the, it's the way of love. Mm. So what does it mean for us as leaders to be filled, overflowing with the love of God so that what we give away is the love of God, not programs and strategies and success syndromes and all the rest that move us from point A to point B on the external side of life. Instead, I'm really seeing that the deeper work happens when we're willing to go uh, to the inner place, even if it means going to the broken places. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I look at the book of Corinthians in particular, first and second, but primarily first Corinthians. And I see Paul uh, calling them to the most excellent way. Mm -hmm, and it's the mm -hmm. way of love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I unpack those 16 words and phrases that describe love and mm -hmm. broken and whole and invite the reader to consider where they're missing the mark and mm -hmm. where God is inviting them into wholeness in him not out of, you know, how successful they are in this 
workaday world that we find ourselves in and in ministry. So mm-hmm. I, I really like in this how you, I mean, essentially you outline um, these different uh, pitfalls or character issues that, that we all face, not just as leaders, and then give a contrasting um, help. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's just, you know, don't be, you know, don't envy and don't boast, don't be proud. And then, um, give some really helpful ways in which people can address some of these things that, that we find in ourselves. Yeah. I, you know, think of the apostle Paul. He was on the heels of chapter 12, which is really all about the gifts and, you know, not, not measuring one as more important than the other. And, so he's calling for unity among the body, and he says, but, you know, regardless of all of that, what I really want is for you guys to to love each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, for example, you said, you know, turning it upside down, it's, he says, love is patient. Mm-hmm. So I, I start the first chapter is, so what about your impatience? <laughs> you know, it's impatience is not the virtue. Patience is the virtue. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I kind of tell my own story in here, too, yep. Nathan. Yeah. Take the risk of saying... I'm an impatient person. In fact, I can connect with all of these mm-hmm. in terms of the upside down nature of my own love or lack thereof for the people around me or the work that I've been called to or even mm-hmm. of myself. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I talk about impatience and then I want to flip it upside down. The only, really, the only way I can be patient and kind is if the patience and kindness of God takes over mm-hmm. my inner space, my inner world, so that my soul is filled up with the patient, kind love of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then that, that's what I give away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if I'm not filling myself up with the patient, kind love of God, what am I, what am I offering? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we take it one at a time and, and just I start with admitting my own frailty and faults and mm-hmm. idiosyncratic stuff. <laughs> And just invite the reader to do the same. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you 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 obviously wrote the book for leaders, but to me, it extends beyond that because I mean, this format you had of starting off with you know your own confessional or, or story of somebody else and some of their you know shortcomings, um, and then kind of some remedy, some antidotes um, found in First uh, Corinthians thirteen. Um, I found it very freeing in a sense because it just says. Look, we're we're broken, uh, but the story doesn't stop there, and and then this beautiful spin of of wait a minute, our, our brokenness, something quite beautiful can come out of that. Um, could you talk a little bit about that? How yeah, our brokenness and creates something beautiful, and 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 yeah. then this idea of maybe learning to boast in our weakness, right? <laughs> exactly, which is what Paul did as well as. Yeah, because I really feel, and I don't know if this is your experience as well, but all the places where I've learned the most mm-hmm. is through difficult times. I, I don't yeah. learn a lot when everything's just going hunky-dory, you know, just <laughs> everything's just super swell and, and you know, we're kind of floating on top of things. No, yeah. I, I'm, I learn the most when I'm having to embrace something of my brokenness or mm-hmm. my broken world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So and I and I describe brokenness and weakness in four big categories. You know, there's suffering, which is the sort of the physical disabilities, the emotional illness, the societal m- misfortune. Where we suffer in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. We didn't 
we didn't choose it, but we're experiencing it because of, um, you know, it, it came upon us, if you will. Mm-hmm. Heartache, you know, it's that physical, emotional abuse that someone else has done to me or about me or disappointments in life, mm-hmm. mistakes, struggles, mishaps, shortcomings, you know, all of that is kind of our heartache. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have contributed to it or you may have just been recipient of. Mm-hmm. And then sinfulness, you know, those are the choices we make that are going to clearly disobey or walk away from God, mm-hmm. regardless of my motivation or my rationale. And then imperfections, you know, none of us are perfect people. So you say, yeah, I wrote for leaders, but everyone can relate because everyone can relate. You know, we all we all have weakness, we all have misfortune, we all have suffering, heartache, sinfulness, imperfections. God wants to redeem every single one of those mm. for his glory. I've become convinced there's not mm. an ounce of pain or heartache that we experience this side of heaven that God does not want to redeem. Mm. And that's why I love it. That's my favorite name for God is the Redeemer. He loves to redeem mm. if we let him, mm-hmm. if we mm-hmm. allow him into that space. Um, I also reference more at the back end of the book that um, there's this great Japanese art form called mm-hmm. Kitsugi. Yep. And um, the, the mindset is, you know, more beautiful having been broken is the sort of the thought behind. And, and it's a um, it's an art form with pottery, you know, mm-hmm. pottery that's broken. Okay. It's shattered into parts and pieces. And this art form is taking a broken piece of pottery, putting it back together again with like gold filament. Mm-hmm. So that when you see the piece of pottery having been fixed, it's more beautiful because it's intriguing. It's got this, it's got this, wow, interesting lines and mm. it's held together. It's actually stronger mm-hmm. when it's held together Is in it? this, with this gold filament and it's more, and it's more beautiful. So I like to say, I think my life is more beautiful. Your life is more beautiful having been broken uh, and having been redeemed. Yeah. That's, and that, you said the word freedom. I couldn't agree more. I think there's a lot of freedom in that. Mm-hmm. A lot of freedom, knowing I'm a broken person, you're a broken person. I don't have to pretend that I'm something that mm-hmm. I'm not. Mm-hmm. You don't either. You know, it's yeah. like, and if, the more we're real and authentic with one another, I think the better we're going to get along. <laughs> well, it, it does help me endear myself to others. Brokenness. And what I love, and and it doesn't just stop there. So we don't just end with our brokenness. Right. That there, and I mean, you're, it's kind of bold in the book because you, you kind of go, okay, now we need to confess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, exactly. But then, man, let's work through that. And then it doesn't become this kind of shaming, you know, worm thing. It becomes, yeah. let's make something beautiful now. Yeah. I don't like shame. Um, there's so much shame in our world. And, uh, yeah, what I'm trying to do is find freedom and joy. I'm mm. trying to, f- I'm trying to discover the abundant life. And the more I read the Apostle Paul, especially in letters like, because I think it's so clear in First and Second Corinthians, he's saying, be free. Stop being in such bondage. Mm-hmm. You know, your disunity, bondage. Uh, your infidelity, bondage. Mm-hmm. Your divisions with one another, bondage. Your sexual prowess, bondage. Mm-hmm. You know, don't live in a place of bondage. Live free mm-hmm. and it's in that freedom that it only comes from admission you know admission of need i mm. need god 
I am desperate for God Mm -hmm. because left to my own devices, I'm going to get myself into trouble over Mm -hmm. and over and over Mm -hmm. again. And as a leader, especially, my gosh, the ripple effects are on other people's lives, Mm -hmm. not just my own. So that's why I think I think he's writing a leadership letter, and he's inviting leaders in the early church to love. And mm. we only use that passage, or primarily only use that passage at wedding ceremonies. <laughs> applicable. It's very applicable because it's like a household of faith or a little church being born here. Mm-hmm. So it does apply. But I think it was written to leaders. Mm. I think Paul was writing very clearly. There is a more excellent way to be. Mm-hmm. That's to love. Well, and there is something about leadership that brings up all our issues of sorts. Mm. Yeah, it does. You know, the kind of challenges we face, and then these things become on public display, um, (laughs) for better, for worse. Um, Yeah, so true. And what we tend to do, though, is point a finger at somebody's to blame for that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than say, hmm, isn't that interesting? That has just happened to me or I've just created this mess. What am I supposed to learn yeah. from this pain, heartache, disappointment, suffering that's going on in my church, my life, my marriage, my family, my leadership team? Instead, we try to fix it by looking at all the externals and the reasons why this transpired in the first place Mm. i think the deeper work is god what are you trying to call me to Mm -hmm. what are you inviting me into first and foremost and then to my team or my congregation or my ministry we don't go there first we 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 may never go there and most of the time we go there very late in the game and i think we would learn so much more and we who are in spiritual formation, spiritual direction, you know, this is our, this is the work we do mm-hmm, is to help mm-hmm. people identify. So what is God inviting you into mm-hmm, in this, mm-hmm. in this moment, this experience, in this brokenness? I mean, that, that creates such a beautiful shift as opposed to getting, you know, drowning in our failures or, you know, lost in the kind of consequences of it and trying to manage that, but just to go, Okay, this is a learning space for me, and and what what can what is God teaching me in the midst of of, of, exactly. of this? Yeah. yeah, it's it's like how can you create Nathan an inner sanctuary of grace mm. for you, where God can do some deep work in you, mm-hmm. and then you and I as leaders coming alongside others, how can we create spaces that are grace filled? Mm-hmm. So that no matter what's being spoken of or experienced or, you know, whatever the pain or heartache may be, it's in that inner sanctuary where we begin to see with fresh eyes the power of Christ's transformative work. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Christ doesn't want us to stay in that in a dark place. Christ wants to transform us. He wants to take us out of that. He wants to liberate us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so that we can be set free and live that abundant life in him. But it may mean that we have to, you know, confess both our strengths and our weaknesses mm-hmm. or our brokenness mm-hmm. and, and then continually ask God to release us, to redeem us, to restore us, to renew us. Mm-hmm. I love all those R words. I mean, that, <laughs> that really is the work of God. And that, I think if leaders can cry out for more of that, Mm. We'll be better off in every space we enter with mm. the people that we're called to serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I, I maybe a short story to, I'd, I'd be curious to hear your opinion on some of this. So, um, the, the first book I wrote is a narrative of, of my twenties climbing mountains with my dad and such. I love that book. It's oh, great book. <laughs> thanks Steve. Uh, um, well, and as, as you know, then I'm, I'm pretty candid about some uh-huh. of my wounds uh-huh. and brokenness. And be- before the book came out, I was so embarrassed. I didn't tell anyone it was coming out. Um, uh-huh. and I was just dreading the day because here I'm going to be, you know, <laughs> exposing my, you know, brokenness. Um, And I was, I was on my bike and I had this beautiful picture where this idea of leader, uh, the leader jumps off the high dive first. The the leader jumps first and says, look, the water's okay. And what it, what, what I felt was being impressed upon me was that Sharing your brokenness and, and, and redemption, right? You get the whole picture right. yep. that, that somehow then that sets others free to follow and to be honest and to, um, and, and then I thought, I mean, that really helped just my own process of the book coming out. But, but what I found was then th- that very thing. People would come and share their yep. stories or stories of their kids and exactly. somehow create a safe space for us. Oh to, my gosh. Yes. That's what endeared me to you immediately was reading your book. I wanted to meet you. I couldn't wait for the time I could be in your presence because of that very piece right there. Mm-hmm. Your willingness to, tear, to share your story authentically, genuinely, even when it was difficult, mm-hmm. even when life was hard, the fact that you're willing to do that endears you to me big time. <laughs> Thanks, and, well, and that's, that, I, that's the kind of person I want to be with. It's, mm. I don't want to – pretense is everywhere in the Christian community these days. Mm. I don't want it. I don't like it. I, when I sniff it, smell it, I just like I want to walk away because there's so much more to life than telling a story about yourself that really is not even fully true. Mm. I'd rather hear the true story. I'd rather hear you – know, you can share as much of your, the detail or as little as, as you wish. But mm. the fact that you're willing to share any of it, Mm. is i think it's huge huge. and and as you i I like your illustration you're willing to dive into the deep end first Mm. and and then invite others to do likewise it's safe it's safe to dive now you can dive (laughs) and i'm here or i'm on the sidelines and i'm uh you know i'll keep an eye i'll cheer you on i'll keep an eye and i'll join you in the water and we can chat as well (laughs) you know well, the the irony, and, and I love these, I don't know if irony is the right word, maybe paradox, it seems that God's full of these, but the, the beautiful thing in it is there's something freeing for me, and and it just kind of, hi, <laughs> here I am, yeah. it's it's yeah. the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, Exactly. Hi, my name's Nate, I'm an alcoholic, it, it just, exactly. uh, it, it, it's easier to be our authentic honest selves than the perception of or the you know who we think yeah. others want us to be yeah oh, i know that's so true and i think aa is a perfect example of that they do it the best hmm. because they start with the statement you know i'm here i'm a i'm a, I'm a sinner yeah mm-hmm. that's who i am i'm labeled there but i'm not stuck there yes. you know that's yes. that's where i like broken and whole uh-huh. You're broken, but you don't have to stay in that broken space forever. That brokenness is a part of your story, yeah. but it doesn't have to define you. Mm-hmm. What defines mm-hmm. you and me is that we are redeemed. We are transformed. We are new people. We've been we've been given 
uh, liberty because of what Christ has done for us. Mm-hmm. So those mm-hmm. outstretched arms of love on the cross, my gosh, um, that's another whole topic we could talk about. But what does it mean to, ha- to receive the outstretched arms of love? It's, it's mm-hmm. being welcomed home. Mm-hmm. Home, as your dad wrote in his prayer book, the heart's true home is prayer. I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. The heart's truest home, the truest space for us to return is the embrace of Almighty God. Mm-hmm. I had the privilege of seeing the, the prodigal painting just a month ago in <laughs> St. Petersburg. I think I was talking to you about that. I just love that painting because in fact, it's it's um, it's my screensaver now. Not the full painting, mm-hmm. but the embrace of the father around the 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 shoulder blades of the son coming home. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is home, mm-hmm. and I want to keep going there. And I feel like my ministry is all about helping others get there as well. Mm-hmm. And that is the safest place to be. Yeah. And when the prodigal father receives the prodigal son you know, with outstretched arms in a gracious manner, that's freedom, that's liberty, that's new life, that's transformation, that's wholeness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wholeness. And, and I, I love the thing that we, I mean, I think if we picture going to that place of brokenness, it, it comes with all this baggage of what that's going to mean for my sense of self and, you know, oh. this kind of confession and, you know, I'm, I'm admitting how bad things are. But, but the, the beautiful pictures and just it, it's a, like you said, it's a safe place and it's not a diminishing. I then, well, we get to find our life and we get right. to become people who have co- fine qualities in ourselves we didn't even know were there that were, that weren't, of our doing exactly and yeah that's the newness of our life we don't we didn't know they existed they came alive through that experience or we didn't know they existed until someone pointed out do you realize how tender more tender-hearted you are now as a result of that painful time in your life and it's just like no i didn't even realize that Mm -hmm. that's what i love about community in this light as well i Mm -hmm. want to hang around with people who know they're broken know they're on the the road to redemption, coming back home to a transformed and abundant life. And then when I'm in those groups of leaders or young leaders or in a small group experience, uh, you know, what we get to do in ministry now is is to invite people into that safe space mm-hmm. alongside you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. having conversations like we're having today, because, you know, there's a genuineness to each other's heart. There's a trust level here where we can share with each other and know that we're not going to be guilt, guilted or shamed or ridiculed or put down or mm-hmm. competed with. Mm-hmm. That's all garbage, and it's happening all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens when leaders are living in the external circle of success. You know, we get we get engulfed by that, um, and we get you know we long for that with a burning desire. I remember mm-hmm. a few years ago. Howard Baker from um, Denver Seminary, you know, he was quoting William James's. I don't know if you've ever heard, ever heard this amazing quote. I've got mm-hmm. it on my desk. He, <laughs> William James, in 1906, he was writing a letter to H.G. Wells. And William James was like one of America's first philosophers, okay. uh, psychologists. And he writes, the moral flabbiness born 
of the exclusive worship of the bitch goddess success. (laughs) (laughs) That with squalid cash interpretation put on the word success is our national disease. That is an amazing quote. We are so embroiled by being successful. We got to be successful. Uh-huh. And even the stuff we were talking about earlier about strategic planning and what's our approach to this before, <laughs> before the, before the tape started, you know, it's like, what are we pursuing? Do we mm. want to be the biggest organization? We want to be the best? Want to be, want to outshine Renovari? <laughs> you know, and it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> Why can't we just be the people of God authentically, genuinely, um, living with as little as God gives us or as much as God mm-hmm, gives us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we've got this syndrome in us that runs after this success, success, mm-hmm, success. Mm-hmm. Boy, I, I just, yeah, I, I, I echo all that. The, I, I sometimes think, I mean, it's a blind chasing after success. However, we define that. And usually it's in worldly terms, not kingdom terms. Um, <laughs> like I just did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I sometimes think uh, I'll, I'll see, you know, groups or people, or even in myself, pursuing some of this and I'll, and I'll go, <laughs> you know, that could, if God gave you that, that could absolutely destroy you. Yeah. That could be the worst thing for you. Right. <laughs> um, right. You're chasing an idol that's, that potentially could bite pretty bad. Oh my gosh, that's powerful. Yeah, when you see that, what does a what does a true friend do? A true friend says that to each other. Mm-hmm. That that would be probably the worst thing for you. You may be running after it and desire it, but as your friend, as your brother, mm-hmm. as the one who wants to protect you from that idol, be mm-hmm. careful. Yeah. yeah, be careful because the bite is, as you say, it's pretty pretty firm. I mean, it, don't you? I mean, you've been pretty successful in, in your ministry through the years. And don't you find that when you move to different levels or layers, it comes with its own set of challenges? Oh, it does. Um, and cost. Mm-hmm, and cost. Mm-hmm. So what is the cost you want to pay? I mean, yeah, I've paid, I've paid dues I never wanted to pay. <laughs> in other words, Hurting a repu- hurting my reputation or somebody else's reputation, or making decisions that would um, alter someone else's course of. I mean, leaders have so much at their fingertips that we need to steward that mm-hmm. with care, with prayer, with humility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't. There's been so many times I've been prideful, vindictive, angry competitive, impatient. Mm-hmm. That's the junk that resides within me that I hate to even use those words <laughs> that are even descriptors of me, but I can, I've experienced them all. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, but uh, it's my reality. I just turned 60 years old and I, <laughs> I can probably count hundreds of times that I've done that. And I've, I'm not proud of those things. So, you know, what I, what I really want is to be genuinely a lover of God, mm-hmm. genuinely a lover of people. But I know I cannot do that on my own. Mm-hmm. I just simply can't do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to believe I could. I used to believe I could. Mm. Yeah. And I've come to the conclusion I, I just simply cannot. So this, 
writing this book was liberating for my own soul mm-hmm. and I hope will be liberating for others in, in like fashion. Mm-hmm. Own your brokenness and ask God to redeem it all mm-hmm. for his glory. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is the sanctifying work that all of us are engaged in. Mm-hmm. And I think in ministry, what higher calling is there than that? Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, it's this submitting and and waiting and acting um, and, and being a friend of God. <laughs> yeah. Trusting, you know, it's the trusting piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of great. life is about trust. That is for sure. Hey, Steve, so. this is this is fantastic. I, I do want people to know a little bit about your organization. Could you, as we close things up, tell us a little bit about Leadership Transformations? Yeah. LTI was born July 1st, 2003. And for the past 13 or so years, we've been uh, coming alongside leaders and teams and helping them prioritize the care and nurture of their soul. Mm-hmm. as their number one priority okay. because it so often gets relegated down the list or forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're saying, no, where you are with God today is the most important place you need to continue to go back to mm-hmm. out of that space, out of that time, out of that restful life-giving space. Then you love and serve others in mm-hmm. his name. Mm-hmm. So, don't forget you need to be going back there. So mm-hmm. through all of our programs, we do some work at Gordon-Conwell Seminary, helping young leaders prioritize their soul. Mm-hmm. We have a SELA program. It's a spiritual direction certificate program. It's a two-year program that we just we have it on both the East and West Coast. Um, that's grown really nicely. I'm really thrilled with the spiritual directors that are being nurtured and trained in that setting. We have Emmaus, which is our spiritual leadership community mm-hmm. that is three, four retreats a year, three-year rotating curriculum. So people can dive in any year they want uh, for as many years as they want. And then we have an online uh, bookstore, spiritualformationstore.com, where about 350 books there that we have vetted as a team, mm-hmm. uh, about 100 products that we've produced or written on our own. but. The others are through Amazon and CBD, where we make all of these other titles available that we have vetted about 25 different categories of spiritual formation resources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have online um, guides for taking a personal retreat. Um, so a variety of resources just to help leaders, teams, individuals, and groups uh, you know, get to that spacious place where they can nurture their soul. Mm. That's what, a, what a wonderful work, Steve. I mean, I, I love that basic concept. We can only give what we have. Exactly. If we're not nurturing yeah. that life with God, how, how do we expect to help others and teach others in that? Yeah. And I love what you guys do. We we look up to Renovari, your, <laughs> that organization, uh, your dad's work and people around him. You know, they're, they're our leaders. You're our leaders. So we're mm. following after Renovari. Um, we really believe uh, in following our predecessors uh, <laughs> and to hopefully stand on your shoulders in a way that honors and pleases you yeah. as we try to honor and please God. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you, Steve. Hey, this has been great, and um, I really appreciate taking time to, to chat. 
Thanks, Nathan. God bless you. You too, man.